0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Foster Sundry, a specialty grocery located in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Have you ever wanted to open a restaurant, launch your own food brand, or dive into the
1: ever-changing world of food media? Well, buckle up. Join us for Aspiration to Action, a special live podcast on Monday, June 3rd at Haven's Kitchen in Manhattan. Zara Tangora and Bretton Scott, hosts of Life's a Banquet, will lead us through tales of the good, the bad, and the transformative, featuring Food World Innovators and HRN hosts Dana Cowan, host of Speaking Broadly, Eli Sussman, host of The Line, along with his brother Max, and Allison Kane, host of In the Sauce, in conversation with Jenny Britton-Bauer. Light refreshments will be provided by Paris Gourmet, Wolfer Estate Vineyard, and Tahani. Get your tickets before they sell out by going to heritageradionetwork.org slash action.
2: So you
0: don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, load, knows that country music's gonna save your soul, the devil runs
2: Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Souther Teague, and I'm Greg Benson. Hey, buddy, how you doing?
3: Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm Memorial well. Day's over. We hey. made it. Uh, we we did survived. Make
2: it. We did survive. Uh, how was Memorial Day for you? Was it a relaxing weekend at the beach? <laughs> no, it was a uh, it was a stressful, stressful weekend at work. Yeah. Um... That's yeah. the that's the you know that's the thing we that's the you knew the job was tough when you signed up
3: exactly exactly no and I, I say that like it's a complaint but honestly I'm bored if I'm not stressed out of my fucking mind all the time Same. as I think yeah as I think anybody who's crazy enough to get into this business is yeah absolutely yeah but yeah it's uh it's it's funny being as far up as we are on the Upper East Side anybody who's up there wait I thought
1: that
2: was Connecticut oh yeah yeah no, no ninety seven no, is Connecticut
3: <laughs> Maine actually technically they they annexed it a lot of Mounties coming in over the weekend. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's funny. Like in your, if you're in that neighborhood and it tops out at like 76 degrees, there's this kind of cabin fever. Everyone's like, I gotta get out of here. But it was like busy. Like people would go to the beach during the day and then come back, and we'd just be
2: crushed for the last four hours of service. It was fun at the Rochard. The Rochard. Yeah, we were. Um, well, frankly, we were just normal as as every other day of the year at Amori Margot. Um, but at the new Honeybees, we were storming. Dorm in the beaches. We were getting crushed. Nice. uh, Which was great. People coming out for, you know, some delicious cocktails and some, uh, you know, smoked barbecue fare. It was outstanding. We had a great weekend. Nice. I'm glad Um, glad you had a good time south of the border there. Yeah, man. Put us us through our paces and, you know, uh, maybe starting to teach us, you know, show us our own metal. You know, we're only three weeks in, so... Uh, really, kind of starting to define what the team can and cannot do. Well, yeah, you gotta. I mean, that's that's what you gotta do,
3: man. You don't know how the car drives until you take it up to eighty-eight miles an hour and see how it handles on the highway. You know.
2: Funny that you use an automobile uh, analogy because I say that all the time. I say any shift that I work that I don't get all the way into fifth gear, I feel is a wasted shift. Yeah. If I'm if I'm if I'm if I never find fifth gear, that's pointless. pointless. Yeah, I didn't I didn't buy this sports car just to you know
3: drive it in traffic all the time. Right. Um, I, I say, as a person who will never own a
2: sports car in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, or uh, any car <laughs> at all. I assume it's nice. Any car at all here in New York City. Um, well, speaking of New York City, uh, uh, our guest in the, in the studio today is my neighbor in the East Village um, and good friend, Eric Trickett, who runs the bar over at Holiday Cocktail Lounge. Welcome to the studio, Eric. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, man, I'm happy to see you in here. We've been talking about getting you in here for some time. Well, it's good to be here. Yeah, finally. Also in the studio, i got my buddy Jason. He's a regular at, uh, at, at a bunch of my bars and uh, just an avid fan and listener and wants to come in and hang out with us. Thanks for being here, Jason. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Trick it. Yo. What's going on, man? You have lived in New York for how long now? Five years. It's been five years? Yeah. Since that trip that we were on together where I said to you, come yeah. to New York, it's a tiny town full of friendly people. Tiny town full of friendly people. <laughs> I first of all, I firmly believe that yeah I yeah. say it with conviction because I feel it's true it's uh, and I feel like I said that to you and then you fucking packed up your bags and moved here Well, I'll tell you
1: it, it was a little bit more involved than that but uh, I, I will I will say that uh, as anybody in New York who knows you knows uh, it's a tiny town full of friendly people and you you live that adage and so uh, that's that's appreciated
2: thanks, man. Um, So you came out here from California, beautiful, sunny California. You gave that up for the (laughs) fucking concrete jungle. (laughs) Concrete. Well, I mean,
1: L.A. is basically the concrete jungle, too, you know. I guess you're right. It's a sprawling concrete jungle. Yeah, it's more
2: like the forest floor than the treetops here. There you go, I suppose. Uh, And what were you doing out there before you came?
1: Same stuff, running bars, uh, working bars, bartending, brand ambassador stuff, working with the whiskey company and running around
2: and, you know, getting drunk. <laughs> what uh, What is it that made you say to yourself, I need to go to New York City? Because I feel like a lot of people come to New York City because they say, I'm living in a smaller market. I need to get that greater experience. But L.A. is a humongous market. Well, um, you know... And I
1: I get asked this question you know daily uh, behind the bar. People are always uh, oh you leave California, what the weather and blah 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 and I'm like. Well yeah I did and you know you didn't you don't ever really want to have the long conversation about why you left uh, Southern California and your family and and all those things that are so important to all of us. But you 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 don't have that conversation. And so whenever somebody asks me over the bar, I always just say ah, I was bored. Yeah you know. Time for a new challenge. Time for a new thing. I uh, wanted to wanted to see what else I was capable of doing, and so I did. Uh, but the reality was, there was a girl.
3: Yeah, it's always that. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I Why say, does anybody I, do anything? There was, there I, was I was say there's really <laughs>
2: two reasons, right? It's 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 money or a relationship. That's kind of every every. I've, I've lived in 12 states, and every single move I made was one of those two reasons, if not both. The uh, the the
1: incredible irony was that she broke up with me right after we signed the lease, about 30 days before
3: I moved here. That exact same thing you know happened what? to me when I moved here too. Where
1: were you coming from? <laughs> DC. Okay. Yeah, I lived there for a while. I lived in uh, Eastern Market.
3: Nice. It's yeah. a. I I was right by there. It's a fun town, man. Yeah.
1: I I haven't been back. I was there during college when my buddy was living there, and I had a semester off, and I was like, yeah, I'm out of here. You got a house? I'm gonna. My best friend from high school, his parents bought a house because his dad's a doctor and whatever. Um, there's a lot more to that story, but that's another point. But. Uh, yeah, it was great. I, I loved living there, but I haven't been back to D.C. since 2004, and I'm really looking forward to it. It is different. I, <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to go down with Alex Strange this weekend. We were going to go on Monday, and we were going to go uh, eat crabs in Annapolis with, with Rachel, Rachel Sergi yeah. and, and Bob Wagner. And Oh, man. Why did you go? Uh, well, a bunch of our... Bunch of our staff is at Camp Runamuck this weekend, and uh, so Runhamuk. we uh, we got,
2: is great for everybody there, and it ruins the lives of everybody
1: there. <laughs> yeah, we all got tagged with working those uh, working those extra doubles and things. You yeah. know, so on the holiday weekend, Runhamuk we were not
2: busy. We were. Holiday weekend at Holiday Cocktail Lounge was not busy. See, the
1: thing is, though, the sun's out, we're a cave.
2: Yeah, a little bit. You know what I mean? That's what... I mean, late night,
1: we had some people in, you know, the usuals, our friends and family coming in, bartenders and industry late night, and it was was good. That was fun. But uh, the rest of the time, during the day, it was a lot of me standing around trying to fill air about, like...
2: This. Do you, do you, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice and slow. Do you take this sort of data into account and maybe look at it on upcoming years and say maybe we shouldn't be open in the daytime like we normally are on these days because you know it's pointless? Or do you say to yourself, "We're always here, so we should be open because we're always here"? I. Well, yes. First of all,
1: uh, in answer to part of your question, yes, we do take the data into account. Um, it was kind of funny. We were looking at the data, and I mean, almost to the hour we could predict what our sales were based on the last couple of years. Like it, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty impressive. And I, you know, I got to give credit to, to Becca, our GM for, for, for being that on the ball and and having those things tracked as well as she does and paying attention to that information and looking at the last three years. And, you know, we've been there now four. so, um, but being able to look at that stuff and yeah, she, she did know. But the other thing is, and you know, you're absolutely what what we say is that you know, you, you start closing your doors at, at early or any any time that you're you're supposed to be open and you're not open or you're not doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing, that's when you're you're just
2: almost dead. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. lose you lose trust of your guests. Yeah. I, I I'm always open to my posted hours. Yep. Um, the only exceptions for me are snow. Um, and snow I will always close I try and open. But I always close two hours early on purpose because I don't want my staff having to get home late in the snow, and I don't want to send people out into the snow drunken. Well, but I make that known on social media and all those things. I'm like, we're open, but we're closing two hours early. Like, right. The only the only
1: time we're ever not open is if our staff can't get home. Right. Um. So you know, if they close bridges and tunnels during snowstorm or something, then we just clo- we keep the bar closed all day.
2: And I think that's that's I think that's normal for if we had somebody for your
1: neighborhood that, bar if we had somebody that lived in the east village
2: oh yeah like i I, I stomped know stomped to the bar I, in the snow if
1: i lived near the bar i would i would go and i would open it and i would be there and i would be the one that would work that shift but i you know we all live in brooklyn so right. we can't are brooklyn and queens and jersey and you know so nearby. there's no one that i mean that can safely get there and back
2: i think so. that's a good thing you know that's that's kind of a hallmark of a neighborhood bar And I don't think you see that all the time at, quote-unquote, fancy cocktail bars. But I try and uphold those standards at my bars, which are, I think, considered to be somewhat fancy. Um, You know, it's it's I want (laughs) to always be there. I just want to be there. I want to be open as often as I can be open. You're like the only
1: bitters bar (laughs) in America. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the world.
0: (laughs) Well, sure. But, I mean, I'm
1: sure, you know, there's plenty of Amari-focused bars in in places that make Amari. But... Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm saying a little bit fancy.
2: Okay, a bit, I'm unique. I'm niche. How about that? A little bit. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> Slightly esoteric. I'm, I'm edging towards niche. Well, and also,
3: um, I think I think that's kind of like a, it, I think of it in the same way as a loss leader. Like, yeah, sure, maybe you're not gonna, you know, be crushing sales in, you know, as... no, but knowing you're there, exactly, it's a
2: comfort. Yeah, it's a comfort to your guests. Um, and it's also, uh, you know, I find, especially in those, I don't know why we're, it's Memorial Day, we're talking about snow, but I find it especially, <laughs> yeah, right. especially on those snowy days, when we do crack the door open, we get full. Oh, of and course. And most of the faces in the room have never been there. And they're there because they want to go somewhere and we're the only thing open. And that's what and they're, they found yeah.
3: And those are the best days because and you are already doing... Us. a like you're already fulfilling everything they want from a bar just by doing the most basic act of being open. Yeah. Like you never get the, the people, most basic act open the of door, man. Open yeah, open, open exactly. Yeah. Door. You've already fulfilled all of their bar dreams just by letting them like walk in and order a alcoholic drink yes. of some stripe.
2: I'll have one unit of alcohol, please. Yes. They don't even care what it is at that point. They're just like, <laughs> I'm so happy Here's to be here. To a that. glass <laughs> of your finest mulled wine, please. Sir. Yes. <laughs> um, so what's sale? Um, so okay, you get yourself out here. The lady uh, um, that was already over pretty unceremoniously time. dumps you. Uh, you yeah. still came though. You said you said this well, happened I, the thirty uh, days before you were you on know, your way. I, we had just signed the lease. Yeah, so you were obligated. It was your, your I, It work. was me and Hendo. Yeah, right. John uh, Henderson.
1: And and so I said, well, you know what? I, I'm on my way. Let's do it. Let's go. I'm I'm moving to New York anyway, so it's fine. I'll I'll make it work. We'll do whatever
2: you know. You know, sometimes I think the to to what is
1: it you say do do you, uh, sober what you say you'll do drunk. <laughs> that's, that's Ernest Hemingway said that. Oh, okay. There's a
2: second part of that that no one ever remembers. It's always <laughs> it's because we're drunk. <laughs> no, 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 it's, so it's, it's, like it's always do sober what you promised while drunk. That'll teach you to keep your damn mouth shut. <laughs> 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 um, but I do live my life by that rule, and I guess you do too. Uh, and that's good. That makes us men of our word. Um, And I think that was the whole impetus of the statement from Hemingway in the first place. But so you came out, and he was always drunk. Well, yeah. So he always, yeah, he was just always doing things that he said and doing ridiculous shit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So you moved out. uh, You you got a place with Hendo. Where were you living at that time? That was Greenpoint. Oh yeah, Greenpoint. That's right.
1: Yeah, right up there at the top of it.
2: Yeah, kind of where I live
1: now, Dupont in Manhattan.
2: I don't really like it. You Um, know, I. I'm not going to hate on Greenpoint on the radio. I, I, I do. I, it's not that I, I don't I do. like it. I it's, do like Greenpoint. It's not that I don't like it. It's that I loved my space in the East Village uh, and Lower East Side for yeah. so long. Basically, 15 of my 18 years in New York, I lived in the East Village and Lower East Side. And now I live in Greenpoint. And it's, I sound like a dick when I say it, but like, I'm not cut out to live on a quiet, tree lined street. I just don't like it. <laughs> well, <laughs> like I, aspire I don't care. Anybody that, I don't that like lives
1: it. in Greenpoint is going to hate you for saying,
3: it's, cool it's quiet and tree lined yeah. and gorgeous, and I can't can stand it. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, it's I also need. funny that, like, that's your version of retiring out to the suburbs. It's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah too I got, far for yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Everybody else, it's like, yeah, you know, you got the yard, the white picket fence, the dog. It's just like, oh, there's trees on my street, and I fucking hate it. I can't yeah. stand it. I
1: can't sleep. There's
2: no sirens. It kind of, there's kind of that. <laughs> I'm, not, too. No, I'm with you, man. I understand. <laughs> um,. All right. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. We're going to come right back and talk to Eric Trickett about his time behind the bar in New York City. Stay tuned.
0: This episode is brought to you by Foster Sundry, a specialty grocery located in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Since opening in August 2015, Foster Sundry has evolved into a neighborhood hub for weekend brunch weeknight groceries, coffee on your morning commute, a draft beer after work, and so much more. Their cheese counter, whole animal butcher, and produce section make grocery shopping a pleasure. Foster Sundry also offers catering and wholesale. Learn more at fostersundry.com. That's f-o-s-t-e-r-s-u-n-d-r-y dot com.
2: Welcome back to the Speakeasy. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're in the studio today with uh, Eric Trickett uh, from Holiday Cocktail Lounge and uh, and others. Um, but we're talking mostly about his time in New York City right now. Um, Eric, we were just off the air and we we're talking to Matt, the engineer, and he gave us some uh, some follow up to the Hemingway quote that we just quoted. Uh, always yeah, do the sober. Yeah, always do sober. What you promise while drunk, that'll teach you to keep your damn mouth shut. What what, what was it about the Phoenicians that, that you yeah, got excited about? I, I think
1: he said the Phoenicians, Yeah, Yes, But... Uh, I mean maybe it was Venetians I don't know like, I had like
0: Phoenicia. yeah that, okay cool
1: cool yeah so so what we were right um yeah so so that was that was interesting to me he was he was matt was talking about uh when you make a decision or when you're trying to make a decision about something you need to just go ahead and get real plastered, make the decision. You wake up the morning after and you're like, well, that was the decision I made, huh? Well, okay. Was that a good decision? Was that a bad decision? So the interesting thing to me is that at holiday cocktail lounge, (laughs) um, the way that we make a lot of our creative decisions, um, will be like myself and Joe Donahue and Patrick or Sean or Alex strange, Rebecca, any number of us will, uh, we gotta, we gotta write a new menu. What what's gonna be the theme for our new menu? And we'll just go to somebody's bar around the corner, one of our friends, and we'll just sit there and get just tanked.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and 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 you know, everybody's just, well, what about this idea? Well, that idea kind of sucks, but what if we did that with that idea? Well, no, that sucks too, but what about this? And they just keep building and building and building until we get to something so absurd that I have to pull my phone out and leave a voice note because I can't even type.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, <and> it's like
1: <laughs> trick it. Tomorrow morning, remember, this is your new menu. Okay, cool. (laughs) Like, it's done, guys. Let's celebrate. And then the next day, you start to... Wake up, and I'm like, what the hell were we
2: thinking? (laughs)
1: That's the worst idea I've ever... Oh, well, you know what? It might work. (laughs) Well, you know,
2: it does... It's Well, it seems to be working, because Holiday Cocktail Lounge is is coming up on four years old, you just mentioned, right? Yeah, yeah, four years old. Which is amazing. Um, Four years is 20 years in any other city. uh, Yeah, dog years, New York bars. Man, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So, and actually, it's pretty exciting. We've got a we've got our new menu coming. We don't do it very often, but when we do, it's a it's a full project. We get the whole graphic design involved, and so this one, I'm really excited, and I can it's it's finally in production, so I can finally actually let it out of the bag. We're doing a survival guide, uh, so the old survival guide books that just had ridiculous scenarios that you would never find yourself in. Well, so we took a bunch of those and we had made...
2: How to ward off a bear while being ex- bitten by a snake. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we took...
1: We, I mean, I, I have the strangest research library of any bar in the history of the time, I think. We've got stacks of records, stacks of mad magazines, stacks of survival guides, stacks of... I mean, the only thing we don't have a ton of are cocktail books. <laughs> well that's not where you get
2: your inspiration
1: right? Uh, no I mean yeah I, I mean that's where you get some reference we, maybe but not yeah, inspiration. We've got a couple of we got a couple of good ones down there but uh, but for the most part very few cookbooks,
2: cocktail books, any of that stuff we just have. Can you name a couple that you think feel like you get your most inspiration from as I make us a pitcher sized martini with this gin and <laughs> vermouth that you brought us? Uh, Here
1: we go. A, a, a cocktail books that we get inspiration from? Um, that was Jim.
2: Yeah. No, no. Well, yeah. Uh, the, there's the, the the, there's no, not, co- not cocktail books, just books, yeah, every, oh. everything else.
1: Oh, the other, the other fun stuff. Yeah. Well, so, so a lot of our inspiration comes from, well, a lot of the things that we end up buying, we buy because we decided to do this ridiculous menu, right? Like, so we decided, well, Hey, let's make a menu. That's a survival guide. How to survive the East village. Yeah. You know? And it doesn't end up being how to survive the East village.
3: Yeah, that's Southern ah, that's the, Southern with the stir. <laughs> I got the Pavlovian response already.
0: It's like mm. Yeah,
1: Every so um, we we you know so we went and we bought uh, you just go on Amazon and you buy like seven hundred different survival guides. How to survive a circus, how to survive the, the zoo, how to survive you know, and it's it, it the the topics that are in these things are just absolutely absurd, like what to do when the monkeys escape the zoo and you know there's a little there's a little page it's about the zookeeper trying to open a bar (laughs) (laughs) that's what flee the state yeah Yeah, so uh, but anyway so what we did with this menu which I'm pretty excited about was we took all of these ridiculous concepts that were in the survival guide um, you know what to do when the animals escape the zoo um, and then we turned that into something that was related to our bar right so then so then, the cocktail is called "3 A.M. on St. Mark's," right? Uh, AKA, what to do when the animals escape the zoo. Uh, and then there's like a little blurb in there that I put that that's like a three sentence. Well, it's your it's your fucking job to go get them. You let them out in the first damn place. <laughs> like you're 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 on the hook for this
2: one, pal. Right. Um, so, and your menu, by the way, the, the physical description of the menu—it's it's like a little magazine.
1: It is, yeah, and it has been since we started. That was a that was a Michael and Danny thing. Mm-hmm. They 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 the first concept was a playbill, yeah. you know. Um, but the whole goal going forward, at least as it was explained to me initially, was that every time we were going to do something slightly different, you know. So then the second one was a literary zine. Um, the third one we did, we did a mixtape. Yep, I remember the Uh, mixtape. The one that the the most recent one that we did before the one that's coming now was was a ripoff, just an absolute steal of Mad Magazine. Uh, (laughs) Um, Right, right. I'm sure Mad would be honored by that. You know what? What do they say? Uh, What good good writers borrow, great writers steal outright. Yeah, exactly. Mm. (laughs) Um, So so yeah, the the Mad Magazine one was a lot of fun. The ones that I've been responsible for were the mixtape, the Mad Magazine, and and now the Survival Guide. Or um, not responsible for. It. That's that's irresponsible of me to say because my staff is just as responsible for it as I am. They got Maybe just me, as drunk as you did when they
3: were. more like up the, the ideas. caretaker, I suppose. Sure, you know? you, like, I'm the midwife of of the
1: menu. <laughs> you
2: birth you you birthed the thing.
3: I, how how often do you flip these things? Because your yeah, menu an are endeavor. For, yeah, for people that haven't been in, it's a production.
1: We we try and hit about once a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it. Graphic design, creative, um, and then the you know then there's the whole food side, and we've got Mikey Taggart, that's our chef now, and doing all the food over there. And so I mean, there's 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 so much about it that goes into the the actual product and the launch of it, and then there's all the all the T-shirts and swag that we do with every menu launch, and we do you know and. They go immediately almost, yeah. but, but everybody's like, well, wh- how do I get a T-shirt? Well, you better show up when the menu
2: launches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have a set date for that one, this one? What's it's uh, about
1: two weeks right now.
2: Okay. I've got the... I'll look out for that.
1: I've got the final draft.
2: Um, so. Cheers. T- uh, yeah, Cheers, let's this martini. Thanks for bringing this stuff in. Yeah. Um, it's not often we get a mixed drink out of people. Usually they just bring us pours. It's not often I drink a whole mason jar of martini, but hey, it's Wednesday. Uh, it's delicious. Mm. Roughly 50-50. I did not, Jigger. Close enough. Um, I was Government just, work. Just dump it. <laughs> dump it into a picture. Um, so yeah, that's a big endeavor. But one of the cool things, and correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't your, again, your your, your menu looks kind of like a Playbill-sized magazine. Yeah. Uh, like you get when you go to a, you know, a show on Broadway. Um, and you have ads in there, don't you? We, so you kind of subsidize all this production we by have, getting ads to pay for your own menu. We have in the past done that.
1: Um, I we, think that's brilliant. We didn't we didn't do it on the last two. Oh, okay. Um, and the reason for that was space. Sure. Um, we just didn't. We wanted to put extra creative stuff in there mm. and not waste the space. So uh, we're we're fortunate. Um, we have we have lots of friends that help us out in lots of ways. Um, sure, of course. So so yeah, that's good. But and then also, you know, I'd be remiss to not mention Amanda Elder. Who, yeah. who does who does our actual creative production of it. She sits down with me and listens to my cra- crazy, stupid idea and then turns it into a reality, even though not only am I basically computer illiterate, the only computer I understand is a POS. Um, so I couldn't tell you how to use anything more than a Word document or an Excel sheet. Um, and, but she creates all the pages and puts all my ideas on paper and ends up making this thing that looks beautiful.
2: Yeah. She's rad. Uh, long time bartender here in New York city yeah. and creative, uh, um, what, what do we call it? What do you design? She's a graphic designer. Graphic yeah. Designer, yeah. yeah. Possibly, yeah. Um, and she and, works uh, over at
1: Skernick as well. So yeah.
2: And she's, uh, odd that you would bring her up. She's going to be on the show, I think in two weeks. Oh, Cool. Uh, yeah, we're gonna to talk to her about totally this
1: room. deserving. Yeah, we're gonna ask to her, her about my menu. About She'll the, tell you. Yeah, I mean, what a plenty. garbage human I am to no. deal with.
2: <laughs> not true. Um, you know, I think it's you know it's fun when creatives from two different parts of creativity work together. You know, you're you're creating the menu itself, but she's creating the physical you know manifestation of that that mentality. So it's got to be a pretty cool collaboration. It's it, yeah, it's
1: it's exciting every
2: time to to get to work with
1: someone who is not only patient and and. Kind and uh, willing to walk you through what is physically possible, Uh, but then
2: also to work with someone who's just so genuinely talented. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to have her on the show. So when you, like, talk to us a little bit, you know, the listener maybe doesn't know much about Holiday Cocktail Lounge, but Holiday Cocktail Lounge, you you know, you kind of jabbed at me a little bit earlier in the show to say, you know, I'm niche and I'm unique and all that stuff. But Holiday Cocktail Lounge has some things about it that are powerfully unique. You know, it's funny that
1: you'd say that because from my perspective, there's not, you know. And and I think you would probably say the same thing for you. You're just doing what you love.
2: Sure, sure. People come in all the time and they say, oh, give me something unusual. And I'm like, I see all this every day. None yeah. of it's unusual to me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's not weird. I mean,
0: okay. Yeah. So I
1: guess the, the story that probably encapsulates and, like, surmise. Ties the whole thing together with what you're what you're asking about. Um, Joe, Joe and I talk all the time about how we'll walk into a friend's bar and it could be, you know, uh, it could be a Moria Margo. It could be uh, all the way up on ninety second and Lex, the. Rochard, yeah. Rochard. Um, but we, you know, it doesn't matter. It could be it could be the nomad, you know, whatever whatever bar we're in. And we hear a song, and we just start singing along. And it's not until we look around and like half the bar is looking at us, like, "Yo, fucking assholes, shut up! We're trying to eat our fifty dollars steak right here." Like right. we're like,
2: "Oh, right,
1: right, we're that's not, not a, we're, we're not at home." Yeah, and but but like for us. I guess, I mean I guess that's unique, you know that that it's just constantly people screaming and singing and like doing karaoke without a microphone, but just their friends and like and not in a private room at all or anything. But to us, that's not unique, you know that that's every night. That's that's and people are like, well,
2: but, what what's unusual? But well, you guys cultivate that atmosphere.
1: You encourage it. You oh yeah, we're screaming behind the bar and we're screaming at each other and we're singing and we're we're. Yelling, and I mean, again, you know that goes back to Danny and and Danny, Danny I, Michael Neff. I I can tell you, I can tell you, it was three or four nights. No, I don't know. It was pretty not not too long after I had moved to New York that I walked into Extra Fancy and there was Danny behind the bar and he's like, "Tricks, come outside and have a cigarette with me." I go outside with Danny and I'm talking to him for a second. He's like, "Hey, my brother and I are doing this thing." like, okay, what are you doing? It's like, well, it's going to be a rock and roll bar. Oh, yeah? What does that mean? Oh, no. Well, so Danny and I had done a, I had done a guest shift with Danny at Evelyn. Okay, yeah. A year before. Formerly over was when C I, and 11th. Yeah, and that was when I had met Danny, now Lost Lady. Now Lost Lady, yeah. Um, that was the night that I met Danny. And it turned out to be the absolute worst guest shift in the history of time. <laughs> right? It was me, Jason Luttrell, and Danny Nav. Behind the bar at the Evelyn, and the day before it snowed like two and a half feet. Mm. And that night it poured rain. There was six people there, <laughs> and they were all people that I basically held at gunpoint and told them they you had gotta to come because right? I, I, yeah. I was visiting from LA doing this thing, right. and and uh, and it was me and Latrell and Danny, and we and it was like right around it was just before Christmas, and we ended up basically drinking all the booze ourselves ordering pizza with the six people. And then we just turned the music up as loud as we could. And we all sang together and we just screamed and yelled. And Danny was like, so Danny now fast forward a couple of years later, Danny's like, this is the bar. This is what we're doing.
3: You get to do that every night. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But no.
1: So, so then he's like, we're going to do that all the time. And I was like, yeah,
2: I'll take four shifts. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in. Uh, sign me up. Uh, and and it, 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 it's, I think one of the best things about it is that it's uh, similarly to what I do at Amore, and similarly, frankly, what Damon does at, at uh, Grand Army, which is, you know, all his menus are very, very, very thematic. Yeah. Suddenly, everybody in your bar is not there alone. They're all there together. Yeah. Right? Amor and Margo so focused that everyone's there doing the exact same thing. So they're all there together. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the same, it gets cultivated at a holiday because you go that's in there the, and you might be having, um, a, a well-made Manhattan in a chilled glass. You may be having a, a you know, a Tecate in a can. Yeah. Um, but you're singing along with everybody around you and it's, that's the
1: best thing. Like, you know, we could, we could drink anywhere. We're drinking here. You know what I mean? We, like, are drinking we, we don't need a here. bar. Let's don't, let's don't we don't need that. a bar to get drunk. Um, people don't go out for liquor. They go out for the community and for camaraderie. And, 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 and the that is, I, I think, you know, the sign of not just a good bar, but a good bartender is that, you know, if, if at the end of your shift, even if it was slow, the six people that are sitting in there, they could be sitting at opposite ends of the bar, but they're talking to each other. Right. You know, and you're the facilitator of that. Exactly. My favorite, my favorite bartender um, that I've ever had the pleasure of sitting oh, don't in Don't embarrass of, me. No, it's actually, it's actually, uh, it's this, it's this woman named Rebecca, um, who, who lives in Long Beach, California. Um, and she used to work the lunch shift at this sports bar that was down the street from my house. Um, and so I would do a lot of admin in there and they picked up the whiskey and so I'd stop in and, you know, I'd be sitting there in the afternoon, but I mean, the bar was probably 45, 50 seats. Right. And then. On top of it, there's, it's a sports bar in Southern California. So it's like American whiskey on steroids. Wow. It's huge. Um, but yeah, 45, 50 seats and she's there. And then there's a couple servers running around the room, but that's it. She's the only one behind the bar on all 50 seats. And some days it would get a little busy, but the craziest part about watching her work was that everybody comes in, you know, and be one guy sitting down here having lunch and it's all, you know, just businessmen popping in for a lunch and whatever. by the end of her shift, every single one of them is standing around each other at the one end of the bar. Everybody's buying each other shots. Now they all know each other's names. She's telling them all jokes, doing this whole shtick. And it was just what she loved to do. Yeah. And, but watching her every single shift, there was not a shift that would go by where she wouldn't, drag the entire bar together and it was the most incredible thing i'm fortunate at holiday it's only 12 seats and it's a half moon bar so everybody has to look at each other anyway all i gotta do is put on some good music and get everybody a little loosened up you know what i mean yeah but this woman went out of her way every shift to make sure that everybody knew each other and was involved in the conversation and oh well Hey, Greg, did you hear what South- – my friend Souther over here was talking about this. You kind of might like what he was saying. Like, I think yes. this would be interesting. And by the end of her shift, they all stuck around. And, I mean, not only did she make a killing, but
2: she made friends and people friends. And it was it was incredible. Yeah. Watching her work was, was brilliant. Creating a community, which yeah, I, yeah. I feel like, again, is definitely what you do over there. Because that bar is known as the spot where all of the, again – Fancy cocktail bartenders go after work because we all close earlier than you because we're too fancy to be open till four in the morning. Hey, and we all roll over to your bar. We're we're always happy to see you. I'm I'm always happy to be there. Like it's a it's such a good time to sit down at that bar. And again, it's just what you described. I I often sit, walk in and I'll just kind of like take my first few minutes to look around and see what's going on. And what's going on is people are having a good time. They're singing along to songs, and you know and then suddenly there's they're doing it together. Like that's the thing. It's the to, the togetherness that, yeah. that you create at holiday.
1: It's fun, man. I you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't ask for a better opportunity, uh, a more interesting place to work. Something that something that cultivates all the the little pieces of my background, all the things that come together and and represent why I do this in the first place, you know. Part of it's because I never wanted a real job, you know. Um, <laughs> I wanted I wanted See. to be I wanted to be available to try and play music and play rock and roll and tour and do all this stuff, you know. Um, and so I didn't want to get locked into doing stuff. Uh, oh, I I am going to school. Like I love I love going to school. I love learning. I love reading. I love doing all that stuff. So well, I need I need something to pay rent, right? When I'm going to college, and so I end up as a as a host and a and a busboy at 19. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but all all those things, and then music and and and. The and then, just the sort of feeling of being on stage, you know, um, you're the center of attention. And I don't care who the bartender is if they tell you they don't have a little bit of ego about that, <laughs> they're fucking lying to you through their teeth.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you have to. You have to have a little bit of you know. That's why there's that's why there's so many musicians and actors and stand-up comedians in our line of work. It's because you know it's a it's a it's a stage you get paid to stand on every yeah. night.
1: Yeah. And I mean, every, every, everyone will tell you, well, it's about hospitality, it's about humility, and, and it is. But it's also about putting on a damn show.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, and your bar actually kind of it's, looks like a stage. It, you know, you're underneath this sort of like... Uh, canopy canopy with the lights, thing, around it, with lights around it, lights around it. And then one in the single center light
1: the, in the center of the room. Yeah. And yeah, that, like when you come, on, I didn't that. design it full disclosure.
2: So no, no it's been there forever. <laughs> when you come, when you come into that room though, it's the focal point. Yeah. And yeah. the focal point is the person underneath that light, underneath that canopy. Yeah. And all the, and,
1: and again, you know, so much credit is deserved by all, all of the men and women that work there. And, and and the barbacks and the guys in the kitchen and everybody that works there puts on that show and they do it a little bit differently. You know, it depends. Different nights, you're going to get a slightly different experience. You might get uh, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, chalkboard signs that was out front was was from our one of our bartenders, Kaz. Uh, he wrote, "We're a rock and roll bar. Sometimes we play Rihanna." Like,
2: <laughs> Right, because <laughs> authenticity doesn't come from singularity. You know? No, yeah. Like when, uh, when, when we had uh, uh, Cienfuegos, we, you know, it was Cuban place, and, yeah. and Ravi was always like, play Cuban music, play Cuban music. And I was like, if I went to Cuba right now and went to a bar, they wouldn't only play Cuban music. That's yeah. inauthentic. So you have to like, mix it up in some way to create that authenticity. Well, and, and to keep yourself sane. Yeah, that too. Yeah, you know, you're going to be there for a uh, 10-hour you know, run. Your guests may just be there for two, maybe three, five if you're lucky. Yeah, I, I've worked. I mean, we've all worked in that in that in that place where they had
1: the loop, you know. Oof. That Oof. I I my first restaurant job ever was uh, Buca de Beppo.
2: <laughs> where is that, uh, that? In Chicago?
1: No, uh, it was it was in the Gaslamp District in San Diego as a host, um, and then I moved back to Long Beach and actually opened the one in Huntington Beach as a as a Server. That was my first bartending job. I was with the company for a long time. I worked. I worked in D.C. at the one in Dupont Circle. Um, when I moved out there, um, it. it w- I was with the company for for a good long time. But I tell you what, if I gotta hear any more Dean Martin, I might <laughs> just put my head through some plate glass.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't bottomless very often, but I got talked into it a few months ago. And I remember at a certain point, just sitting there, like you know, stuffed, drunk, and then I was like. This is the second time I've heard this Black Rebel motorcycle club song. Taping <laughs> me No, yeah. it's the one it's the one that only has one lyric and it's Ain't No Easy Way Out over and over again. That's so it's like Ain't No Easy
2: Way. Ain't,
3: way there ain't
2: no Easy Way Out. Yeah, there it is. See? Yeah. The holiday cocktail lounge right here in the studio. <laughs> See? That's um, the thing. We well, do it anywhere. It. We'll, we'll of- even do it in Amori Margo. Yeah. Then we look and we're like, oh, Max Green's looking at. We yeah. should probably quiet down a little bit.
1: Well, but that's I but that's that saying our
3: house. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that
2: guy. Um, but uh, that, that leads me to a, a question: Who does the curation of the music? Because I find that when I go in there, and I feel a little shocked when I say this out loud because I'm old. Um, like I know most of the songs. Yeah. Who curates your list? Well, so Lists.
1: it's it's really it's really a function of the staff, you know. And that was kind of what I was getting uh, getting to, I guess, a minute ago. I wasn't really trying to go anywhere, but. Um, but getting to the idea was, was that, you know, we're, we're a car, we're a rock and roll bar, but sometimes we play Rihanna, you know, I mean, we try and, we try and keep it a little bit focused, you know, but at the same time, it depends on, it depends on who's behind the bar. Cause they're going to play what they want to listen to. They're going to play what gives them that energy and, and helps them provide you with that time. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what the, that's what the whole goal is. And if, if you're not having fun behind the bar, then it's really difficult to make other people have fun with you. Do you know what I mean? And so, so you know, if you go in and you see Sean Moore and Alex Strange behind the bar, you're going to get probably probably some uh, serious emo 90s, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. maybe a little harder. If you come in and it's Joe and I, you're going to probably hear some hollow notes and some some steely dan and zeppelin and i'm a huge 80s fan i'm I'm big into like um you know cure and and depeche mode and all that stuff and and then also like earlier like pre-punk stuff a lot of iggy pop and television and bands like that those are those are where my head's at and so like if i'm behind the bar that's probably what you're getting
2: um, I mean, if, you guys—do you guys spitball it before shift, or you just no. have some lists you already have made? Or no, you, I mean, it's just all Spotify. It's, and good
1: luck. Uh, well, no, I mean, everybody's got Spotify, right? And so they've all got their list that they made. Like, oh, and and I encourage it. You know, as as the person that that is kind of in charge of that circus. <laughs> um, I it's I mean I, the there's only so it. much of it you want to claim right, <laughs> yeah, you know right I mean? yeah, yeah. but but no so so it it I'm always like, yeah fo- like we have our holiday cocktail lounge, Spotify, and I'm like, go follow your playlist, put together your playlist your it's your shift throw your throw your party, you know um right just
2: throw the party. we throw a party every night I yeah. say that all the time yeah, and it's exhausting. I say it twice, I say listen to me carefully. I throw a party every night. Yeah. I throw a party every night. I throw a party every, <laughs> every night. night. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. It's a fascinating and frustrating part I'm of I'm not me. throwing a party tonight. No. You're,
1: I took the you're, shift you're... off to come have a martini with you idiots. You are having yeah. a party. You yeah. are the party. Throwing a
2: party right now. Cheers.
1: I just came to your party. <laughs> so, I'm, not, I'm not doing dishes, bro. So
2: I notice, <laughs> I notice oftentimes that Holiday Cocktail Lounge is, is on the road. You guys still going places? We
1: do. Yeah. Yeah. We're... Uh, we're always we're always doing different things here and there. We it's not it's not on the road as much as a lot of people have appreciated the party, uh, and so they're like, "Well, I want to do that. Let's just call the guys and we'll fly them over, and they can do that." And so when we go, it's 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 kind of it's a blast because we go to a lot of like pop fest and you know Portland and uh, we've done stuff all over but we go to a lot of the festival stuff you know what I mean the cocktail festival stuff and uh, and we always ship really stupid stuff to the bar that we're going to (laughs) like when we did Pop Fest we shipped a kiddie pool and like 7,000 of those balls that go in a ball pit yeah and we moved a bunch of their tables out of the way they had this little stage and we put a ball pit on their stage (laughs) at a kiddie pool like and You know, it's the it's the most hilarious thing because usually, you know, a week outside of the event, I start getting emails and text messages from the owner or bar manager or whatever that's coordinating with us, and uh, and they're like, "Hey, a package came for you guys today." It's a it's a kiddie pool and like seven thousand plastic balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, We sent a ball pit. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Also. How's your sound system?
2: Because it's going to need to be getting loud. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. <laughs> so go to 11. Uh, right. So you're like setting the tone before you get there. Yeah. And it, also creating like a little bit of like, I love that nervous tension. They always weirded yeah. out,
1: man. It's pretty amazing. And then by the end of the night, they're like, you know, trying to trade T-shirts with us. And like, it's like the... But it's the, also like,
2: you asked us to come, pal, so we're bringing it. Hey,
1: we come. we come hard. We're ready to go. And we're going to... Throw the
3: fucking bar. Book holiday. You get holiday. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: right. You get holidayed. <laughs> uh so right, lady.
2: which is a which is a term that gets thrown around quite a lot here. I call your bar it's 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 on my list of what I what I call for my own personal records an entry bar. It is always me that enters. <laughs> it is not often me that leaves. Somebody I, I can't <laughs> I can't remember who it is, but somebody some boiler maker subject no, holiday but, these are my entry yeah, bars yeah one of our the friends, drift
1: one of our friends <laughs> said to me a, a while ago i don't even know if it was related to holiday but it had something to do with the fact that you go in but if you don't remember leaving you're still fucking there and you gotta go back the next day and get yourself yeah uh but you just end up living there for a week you know yeah um getting holidayed yeah
0: that so that me- was a
1: that was an erica ordonez she she's Old old school opening staff. She's the one that uh, she made a T-shirt that that she wore to work one day, and it said, "Everyone's getting married and pregnant. I'm just getting holidayed."
2: Yeah, I remember. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that was amazing.
3: Words of wisdom. Yeah. So would you? Speaking of taking this on tour, would you take it like full circle back to Los Angeles? Like how that? I want to know because in a lot of ways, LA and New York kind of seem like like. Not the bizarro version of each other, but like where New York is very kind of squished together and stressed out, LA is very like broad and chill. Like, would it would it work? Essentially, is what I'm wondering.
1: Yeah, Um, well, so I guess there's sort of a two part answer to that. The first part is as a as a direct concept, would I go and do Holiday Cocktail Lounge, Los Angeles, like in in the a la Death & Company Denver or, or, you know, Nomad Hotel or any of those things? And the answer to that is no. Um, And the reason for that, simply, in my opinion, is that Holiday Cocktail Lounge isn't about the fact that it's Holiday Cocktail Lounge. It's about the fact that it's a thing that's been in the neighborhood since the 60s and it serves the neighborhood and it serves the community and it serves the people around it. And... It's loud and it's raucous. Would I go do a stupid bar somewhere where we sing and scream and talk shit? And absolutely. (laughs) Would I go try and replicate like cookie cutter holiday? No, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a reason for that because holiday and it, what its actual function is, is that it's a bar. It's a bar and you come there because of the community and you come there because you know, uh, you know at 1 in the morning you can get a cheeseburger after your shift you come there because you know no matter who's answering your text messages after your shift you pop in there you're going to see somebody you want to have a chat with you know what i mean it's a bar would i do a bar in LA yeah there's great bars in LA there's great dive bars in LA and i think LA might have an advantage in New York in this one in this one area just because there's so much real estate and so much space everything doesn't have to gentrify at such a rapid pace to keep up and so you can have a dive bar in la that's been around for 60 years and it's not it's not like it's blown somebody's mind you know what i mean oh yeah that bar's just been there all all the time right it's just what it is there's there's you know, there's longshore bars that open at 6 a.m. and close it at 2 a.m. and then turn around the next day and do it again, 6 a.m. 2 a.m. Like, and they've been there for since Prohibition, right? You know, so I think that's the maybe the one advantage. Everybody talks about produce, and I mean, we're pretty pretty good at getting whatever we need anywhere now. I remember when I lived in D.C. in 2004, uh, I was kind of blown away in the winter time what happened to the grocery store shelves, like that kind of.
2: Sudden absence. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It, it was it was remarkable because in California, there's just That's never happened it, Yeah, no, I never, I'd never seen anything like it. I was like, whoa, there's no tomatoes. What,
2: what are we doing here? <laughs> oh, cans. Okay. Come oh, wind Hope you like cereal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's some beets. Uh, uh, I wanted, I wanted parsley. Uh, uh, no. Arugula? No. No, nothing oh, green. Oh, okay. Nothing, <laughs> nothing juicy. Nothing green in the winter. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. get. Uh, yeah, you get potatoes, and beets. <laughs> Enjoy. I, um, yeah. So what's uh, what's coming up next at Holiday, or what's coming up next for you? You got something you want to plug?
1: Coming up next for me,
2: yeah. Um,
1: I mean, the new menu. The coming. new menu is is really where my head's been at lately. But uh, coming up next for Holiday. This, I mean, this summer is going to be a lot of fun. The other thing that we're doing that's going to be really exciting, and you should really totally look out for, is uh, we're starting to do um, some private dining experiences.
2: Ah, uh, yes.
1: Um. So we have, we have, uh, we have the apartment upstairs mm-hmm. um, that belongs to our owner Rob, uh, who's a great guy, and Rob. Rob doesn't spend a lot of time upstairs, and so he wants us to utilize it a little bit, you know? Um, so we're going to do... Well, right now we're focusing on some brand dinners. Um, we're trying to get get involved with that, where we can do, you know, like a Campari family meal and or or a pig roast. We're buying cajcina and stuff to put in the backyard. And right. All, you know, um, and Mikey is extraordinarily talented in the kitchen. That kid can do just about anything and do it pretty well. Um, and so... I'm really, I'm really excited about partnering with him and doing, doing some pairing dinners and doing stuff like that with some brands and people that we work closely with. So, look out for your brand friends coming and doing dinners at Holiday, and jump on that because those are going to be pretty yeah. epic dinners. So, it's going to feel like a a dinner in a living room, you know. It's going it, to feel like it a house is, party, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, except no one has
2: to do the dishes. Yeah,
1: I mean we do, but <laughs> you know, but we're, it's what
3: they're paying for, so exactly we we'll do the dishes.
2: Outstanding, that's great. Uh, if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, and if you wanted them to, how could they do that? Social media, what do you got? Yeah, uh, Eric, Eric Trickett on Facebook,
1: uh, Eric, Eric underscore Trickett on Instagram. That's Eric with a K, the right way. Uh, you know what? I say that all the time. <laughs> I, I when, when somebody tells me their name's Eric, I say, Oh, C so or K, and they say C. I'm like, I'm sorry, your mother couldn't spell. <laughs> what do you do with Castro? He has both. Well him I say I'm sorry your mother was confused
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well Eric it's been a delight having you on the show today thanks for joining us it's been a pleasure being here and thanks for bringing us martinis and getting us all loosened up and maybe we're going to go sing some songs after the show now Um, and thanks again of course for Jason sitting in thanks bud always good to see you stop by the bars anytime he stops by your bar as well right you go to holiday yeah you've probably seen his face uh, and thanks again, Greg, for hanging out with us uh, while Damon is uh, off galvanting around the world. Last I heard, he was in uh, Thailand. I don't know. Thailand, remember.
3: Singapore.
2: I Singapore. Saw That's South where he Africa. was. Yeah, he was in exactly. South has Africa. Any, has anybody seen him? If I mean, it, it's it, where in the world is? Put a, a, a bolo out on Damon. <laughs> exactly. Where in the world <laughs> is, is Damon Bolty? Um, but he'll be back uh, in the coming weeks uh, to hang out with us here on the Speakeasy. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys, and cheers, buddy. Good to see you. Salo. Salud. Cheers salute.
0: Don't the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your
2: soul. Want more of the Speakeasy? Follow us and ask questions on Instagram at Speakeasy Podcast or on Twitter at Speakeasy Radio. You can find Damon at Damon Voly and you can find me at creative drunk on all platforms. Take a moment to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform and give us a star rating. Five if possible. If you're visiting New York City or a resident, stop by the studio and hang out with us during an episode. Reach out beforehand and make sure we'll be here. We'd love to see you. And please support our show by visiting heritageradionetwork.org and clicking on the beating heart to donate.
3: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio.